The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. All right, Jim, thank you. 407 on the Central Coast on this Wednesday, January 25th, 2023. I'm Dave Congleton. A very important segment coming up. Uh, Obviously, I don't need to tell you about the extent of damage that we have uh, suffered on the Central Coast given the rains earlier this month. Newspaper reports put the estimated store damage at well over $100 million. I would expect that figure go higher. What's next? Uh, I think we have some answers for you. We've got two very important guests joining me in studio now. We've got Renee Bethalis from the uh, Federal Emergency Management Authority. As I remember my civics, we also have George Kosterko. Close? Very close. From the Small Business Administration. Folks, how are you? Thanks for coming in. Uh, Renee, I'm sure everybody's heard of FEMA, but let's just remind them, please, the purpose of FEMA. FEMA's role is to come in after a disaster to help folks start their initial disaster recovery process. We can help you with things such as rental assistance. Maybe you've had some initial damages. You want to get some repairs started Um, and and things of that sort. Um, If you had child care needs... If you have personal property losses, if you may have lost your vehicle or needed to uh, get your vehicle repaired, those are the types of things that we might be able to help you with. But, that again, if your insurance doesn't cover it, because we can't duplicate what your insurance covers. Yeah, and George, remind us, please, of the SBA. And, Dave, thanks for having us on, on today. Yes, yeah, so basically what the Small Business Administration does is that we, as uh, homeowners and business owners and nonprofits, go from the uh, go into the recovery mode. Uh, we offer low-interest loans. Uh, they are at pretty considerably uh, aggressive rates. Uh, they're for 30 years, uh, but there is, uh, it, is, it is not a grant. It's somebody would have to pay that back. So let's say you've got a household where you've had some damage and your insurance covers 80% of it. You can get a loan from us. Uh, we'll, you can start the process of rebuilding, and then when the insurance uh, comes, uh, it pays down a majority of the loan, and then you owe the 20% over a 30-year period for something as low as maybe 3% or 2.75%. And that's where we differ. We we offer grants and they offer loans. But, again, if you are registered with FEMA and you're referred to SBA, we ask you to please complete that process because we want to make sure that if if for some reason you are not eligible for that SBA loan, they will then refer you back to FEMA for a second look. And, George, I mentioned the figure. Meter reports damage over $100 million just for the county. You expect that to go higher? Uh, that's what's considered a prelim- preliminary damage assessment. And so over time, you get more people uh, bringing to attention some of the issues they've had on their properties or their uh, businesses. And so that typically that can go up over time. It's kind of like throwing a pebble in the water. There's a ripple effect that kind of goes out, and then it kind of dies down. Yeah. But, uh, but we're here to help, and we appreciate you bringing sure. us on your show. And, and Renee, how long, you're from out of the area. How long do you expect to be here? How long will you be available? 
Well, FEMA will be here until the needs of the community are met. Okay. Um, they have until the 16th of March to register for assistance. And, you know, in order to do that, you can you can go online to disasterassistance.gov and register like that. Or you can call our 1-800-621-3362 number and register. We also have disaster survivor assistance teams that are in the community going door to door. They have iPads with them. They will be able to register you on site as well. And we also have a disaster recovery center that is opened over at the Veterans Hall on Grand Street. Right um, here in San Luis. Correct. And that's open seven days a week from uh, seven a. I'm sorry, from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. And follow up on that, please, Renee. What's the, why would people go to the Vets Hall? Well, in addition to FEMA, we also have SBA there. Uh, the state has also uh, several booths, as does the county. Um, there are lots of different uh, avenues for people to find assistance. Um, and for us, uh, it's really a great place. It's a, like a one-stop shop. But for us specifically, if you have registered with FEMA and you're trying to find out the status of your claim or if you have any additional questions, um, come in, meet with one of our officials face-to-face. They become your advocate. They get to know what your particular situation is. And you can follow up with them and have that same person deal with your situation. It's much easier than dealing with an operator over the telephone. I'm also being reminded on the Stolberg uh, Tatum text line to push the website RecoverSlow.com. Org. Yes, that is a website that's run by the county, and all the pertinent information is on that, as well as the FEMA.gov website. If you have any questions, by the way, feel free to pick up the phone and give us a call, 805-543-8830. Purpose of this segment is to uh, disseminate important, critical information. Both of you have done this before. How does this compare, George, to other experiences, other uh, quote-unquote disasters you've had to address? Well, this one is uh, unique in the respect that uh, a couple things happened. We had a lot of precipitation in the central coast. As you know, you guys have been drought drought for a long, long time. Yep. Lake Kachuma has been very dry, almost empty. All of a sudden, it's overflowing. So, uh, And we've had fires in the state. So what we have here is we have a situation of uh, you know high winds, uh, a lot of water, trees uprooting, things being knocked over, uh, you know, in some cases flooding in the Central Valley. We had some really bad flooding in areas where they didn't expect any flooding. And part of it is that when you've got so much precipitation that so much going through, it kind of gets over the, the sewer systems and the, the, the streams and stuff get a little overwhelmed. One thing I do want to bring up, though, is that uh, in terms of being there in the long run, as FEMA is there in the long run, we are in the long run, too. But I'm, i i got to emphasize that uh, March 16th deadline is super critical, especially for people that suffered physical damage. We encourage you to get on the FEMA website, register with them. If you feel like you need SBA assistance, if you register with us, make sure that you do both physical and economic impact, especially if you're a business, because there's two deadlines. The first deadline is March 16th for the physical damage. The second deadline is, is economic impact, which is in October. And any kind of criteria for what businesses can apply, George? Basically, the criteria really is that uh, we just want people to apply. Uh, every so it doesn't matter size or type? It doesn't matter, no. Okay. It does not matter, no. What is critical, though, is for, for our, from our standpoint, because it is a loan, we're going to be looking at uh, a cash flow. We're going to be looking at the resiliency of the business. We want the businesses to get back on its feet and continue into the community. That's our goal. Mm. Uh, you know, this community, the small communities are the bedrock for the most part of most of the United States and especially the Central Coast. Renee, I'm thinking about the homes in Los Osos, for example, that were heavily damaged and people can't live in them right now. So kind of walk me through the process. I'm a homeowner and that's happened to my house. I'm going to come to you. What are you going to do for me? 
Well, first and foremost, we ask that if you had insurance, we want you to contact your insurance company because, as I mentioned, we cannot duplicate what your insurance company covers. However, if your insurance company uh, denies you or if you're underinsured or uninsured, um, we really want you to go ahead once you've contacted the insurance company or or not, um, then register with FEMA. Um, Once you've registered, we will have an inspector come out to your property. They will reach out to you by phone and then come out to your property to document your damages. So anything that you have done in the way of repairs, um, receipts and whatnot, we ask you to take pictures, keep your receipts, provide as much documentation as you can to the inspectors because the more information you provide us about your situation, the more we will be able to help you. Um, The types of assistance that I mentioned to you are things like if you've had to be out of your home and your insurance doesn't cover you another place to stay, we might be able to assist you with rental assistance. Um, Again, we might be able to assist you with uh, things, personal property losses of things that are you know, important to your daily life. If you've had transportation needs that uh, may have, your car may have been damaged, it may have been your only mode of transportation, we might be able to help you get that repaired. Um, And then other things such as funeral expenses or dental and medical expenses that you may have incurred because of the storm. Those are the types of things that we might be able to assist you with. I've been told by several homeowners that their insurance companies are not going to be covering them because of what happened. And then if that's the case and you receive documentation from your insurance company, we ask you to bring that documentation into FEMA once you've received it and let us know that. You will receive a letter from us letting you know your eligibility. Many times that letter will tell you that at that moment you're not eligible because we may be waiting for your insurance to come through to let us know what they cover or not cover. Um, We may tell you that you uh, transposed some numbers or transposed your social security information or we may just need additional documentation. So don't take that letter as a denial for any assistance. Just take it as the first step in the process. And once those materials that they're asking for, once you have acquired those or receive something from your insurance company, bring it into one of those recovery centers. That's the best place to uh, be able to meet face-to-face with a representative and have them sort of walk you through the process. And if indeed you decide to appeal that letter, they will help you physically write that appeal. I know it varies from case to case, but typically is there a short amount of time between the time somebody gets approved and they get the money? Typically, it happens very short term. Anywhere from 7 to 10 days, we will reach out to you to have an inspector, and once the inspector documents the damages, they'll turn it over to FEMA, and within a few days, you'll hear from them. George, what about SBA? Okay, now, the SBA process, because uh, our terms are a little different in the respect that, um, so, for example, I don't know about the Los Osos situation specifically, but for individuals and families, um, we have loans up to $200,000 to repair or replace real estate damage for homeowners, and both homeowners and renters uh, are eligible for up to $40,000 to replace personal property. Okay, now those are loans, but that, that money is available. Right. Now, for businesses and nonprofits and churches, the property damage, um, it's up to $2 million to, replace, uh, to repair or replace real estate, machinery, equipment. And then there's also something called an economic injury disaster loan. So, for example, the highway is impassable. Mm-hmm. And let's say Pismo Beach or some small community within this county just doesn't, it doesn't have the retail traffic, it doesn't have the, the amount that they had for a while because there's an impasse or, or some kind of a catastrophe. So there is loans uh, to make up the difference um, on the economic impact for businesses. And that uh, that's the long run. Like I said, those deadlines for the economic impact uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't end until October 16th. But we really urge people 
to apply now, find out what you're eligible for, because it's a first-come, first-serve, and not just for this area, for the whole nation. On the Solberg Tatum text line, listener wants to know, which agency should I talk with if I have a home-based business? Good question. Uh, well, first thing you want to do is register with FEMA. Register with FEMA, but that will also, we will refer them over to SBA right. because that has to do with a business being run out of a home. Right, and then we have customer service representatives that are familiar with those kinds of home-based businesses that can walk you through and ask for the documentation and, and get you plugged into the system and find out what, what you're eligible for. Because it's very possible that if your home is damaged in addition to your business, you might be able to be, get assistance from both. Right. Yeah, the, the, the main line is, is there is assistance available. There That's is assistance correct. available, opportunities to find out what loans are available uh, but once again um, from our standpoint the uh, the applicant would have to qualify based on things like cash flow you know past tax returns those kinds of things just so we can make sure that they have an ability to repay all right a short break we'll come back and talk more with my guests i'm dave congleton this is hometown radio You have landed on the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. Our friends from the Symphony join us after news at the bottom of the hour. Uh, James Armstead is back with us tomorrow. Mark Wilson on Friday. Uh, Molly Clark from Cal Poly Arts will be with us on Monday. We are busy. We are with you weekday afternoons from 3.05 to 7 o'clock right here on KVEC. We are putting the spotlight on what is happening in terms of disaster relief. We've got representatives of the Small Business Administration and the Federal Emergency Management Authority in the studio here. And, Renee, let's remind folks who are just tuning in about the importance of the Vets Hall right here in San Luis Obispo. Yes, we opened a disaster recovery center yesterday in the area, and uh, it's a great facility for folks to use. It's in their neighborhoods, uh, and it's very accessible. It's open seven days a week from uh, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. daily, and it's a great place to have uh, to be able to come to talk to the representative from FEMA, SBA. We also have the USDA there. We know that a lot of farmers in the communities have uh, been affected, and uh, SBA, I mean, USDA is there to assist them in whatever their needs may be as well. Uh, the state has uh, agencies represented as well as the county. So if anybody has any additional needs, maybe to scan materials that they have, things that were damaged, or maybe they need to get documentation, that may be the best place for them to come as well. How many people from FEMA are on the ground in the county? I don't know in the county. I know that statewide, uh, a couple of days ago, we had about 500, but that okay. number changes every day. Is that high-low for a FEMA response? Well, it's, we're just in the beginning stages of okay. the response, so we haven't opened our field office yet, but we're working out of the State Emergency Operations Center, and uh, as that progresses, uh, we'll, we will have more staff coming on the ground. Uh, George, on the Stolberg tatum text line, listener wants to know how the loans are expected to be paid back and what rate. Okay, so there's uh, essentially there's three uh, rates. Uh, the interest rate can be as low as 2.313% for homeowners and renters, 2.375% uh, for nonprofit organizations, and 3.305% for uh, businesses. And the terms are up to 30 years, and the loan amounts and terms are set by the SBA and are based on each applicant's financial condition. So really, if you want to know the specificity, we absolutely encourage you to register with FEMA. Do that by March 16th, 
And uh, based on your s- set of circumstances, whether it's a, uh, a home-based business or if it's a, both a business and a, and a residence that, that suffered damage or um, had been impacted by the storms, go ahead and uh, register so you can get assigned a, um, a, a, a customer service rep from our side that can start looking at the opportunities for loans and what those amounts might be for. And, and if I can just add, sure. um, if you are referred to SBA from FEMA once you register, please complete that process. It doesn't mean, again, that you have to take the loan if you are uh, given the loan, but if for some reason you are rejected to take that loan, they will refer you back to FEMA for a second look. So we want people to make sure that they complete that process. Otherwise, if they don't, that it stops everything right there. Is this a complicated process? It isn't that complicated. I know that once you've been through a traumatic experience, anything you're having to do with dealing with government paperwork is a comp- becomes complicated. That's why we have these centers there, and they can help you through that process. They can walk you through every step and, and help you with obtaining materials that you may need, additional information, that type of thing. George, you wanted to give a shout-out to the, the, the great response by the volunteers and neighbors you know, in there's, response. There's just something about the Central Coast. Um, the small communities are uh, resilient. They care for each other. And um, it was just incredible to see neighbors helping neighbors in the midst of the disaster unfurling. And, you know, people, you know, there are survivors that are out there, and their neighbors are helping them clean up stuff, get out of their communities, you know, try and get uh, tow trucks coming in, removing cars, all that kind of stuff. And so by the time uh, FEMA and uh, SBA showed up was just a couple days later after the declaration occurred, uh, you know, people were on higher ground. People had a better had a better sense of what kind of damage they had sustained, and uh, they had a lot of questions. And at that point, they were almost like first responders of the community, in, in a sense. And, and there are a lot of uh, nonprofit agencies that have been involved as well in the communities doing a lot of the mucking out and cutting down trees and things of that sort. And those agencies uh, are represented in one way or another at the recovery center as well. So if you have additional needs that maybe, you know, you don't have the, the means to be able to, to take care of, please come into that facility and see if there's someone in the community that's doing that work that might be able to assist right. you. Right. And I do want to just... Uh, stress that people should definitely come down and visit the San Luis Obispo Veterans Hall at 801 Grand Avenue because uh, it's really important to put a name to a face and ask questions. And then in a lot of cases, you can start that process and go home and use a computer at the library if your computer at home isn't working. But uh, we really want people to initiate and engage. You're not obligated. You just find out what your options are. Uh, And the hours are 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Seven days a week. Seven days a week. So if people are working during the day, they can come on the weekends or after hours. But we will have people there until March 16th. All right, folks. Thank you very much. Keep up the good work. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Off we go. We got news and traffic and weather. Our friends from the symphony are in the house. I'm Dave Congleton. Stay with us. News Talk time is uh, 4.35. I'm Dave Congleton. I know this. uh, Bill Ostrander is going to join us here at the 5 o'clock hour. He's going to make the argument that now is the time to create what is called a sustainable economy. Uh, We're going to talk about um, what's happening in China with their population decline. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, something called Earth Overshoot Day. Uh, And Bill's going to make 
the argument that the time has come for us to throw out the usual models of commerce. Of course, that's what we'll do. Now, let me just be up front here. Yesterday, we had uh, scheduled uh, Bobby Rush from um, Voices of Mississippi. And uh, he forgot about the interview or whatever. It wasn't able to happen. And now we're supposed to be joined by our friends from the symphony. But this one's on me. Jim, I'll fess, I'll fess up front. I've screwed up on this one. Uh-oh. I went back. Well, they, they weren't here. I was like, uh-oh, don't do this to me two days mm-hmm. in a row. Yeah. I just went back. I checked the thread of emails. This is on me. They're not coming until next week. Oh, great. I screwed up. Yeah, and then, no. of course, somebody came in to pick up a prize, and you're thinking them, and they got all excited, and yeah. nope. No, it happens. <laughs> uh, so hold that thought. Uh, so we'll have the bill at uh, 5, and we'll have uh, this young couple at 6 o'clock. It's a great story about how they uh, built this boat together. Uh, they've known each other since they were uh, young teenagers, and uh, who knows where they are as we speak, but they're uh, building this boat, and they're just sailing around the world. I just think that that is incredible. I already told you that Armstead is with us tomorrow, and in uh, Jim's incredible resume, among other things, he was a tank commander in the Army for 10 years. Of course he was. This is a guy that's done absolutely everything in life. Uh, Mark Wilson. You know Mark, don't you, Jim? Of course I know Mark. Uh, Mark will be here on Friday. We don't have a topic, but one never has a topic with um, Mr. Wilson. We don't need that. Yeah, you could say, how was your day today to Mark, and he'll go on for two hours. Did so, you, you know, did, you don't you need a work, topic with Mark. Did you ever work with him? I did, actually. Yeah. Here and uh, when I worked for American General Media the first time, he was the morning guy in KZOZ. And I did overnights for a while. So I've known Mark for quite a while. What do you mean? You did? You weren't actually here, were you? Oh, yeah. When we actually had live jocks here overnight. Well, I got a minute. I got plenty. I, I want <laughs> to hear about You got what another time, 26 minutes. What time would you come in? I would come in at 11 o'clock, I believe, 10 or 11 o'clock, and I'd be here until uh, 6 o'clock in the morning. And where was the station at that time? It was over, it was on Broad Street, right above the Highway Patrol office. Wow. Yeah. So you, Same basically kind of building that we're in now, but just uh, different. You would come in at 11 o'clock at night, and you would be, you would be here until 6 a.m. Yeah. Oh, I'm so envious. What was that experience like? Oh, it was awesome. We had a show called Z at Night at the time, and it was it was a lot of fun. We we would do more of the uh, uh, harder edge rock like Ozzy Osbourne and Tool and uh, Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, but here's and, my here's my question: Would you get phone calls? Would people call? Oh in? yeah, I'd have a lot of questions. I had a lot of calls in the middle of the night. Oh yeah. Like 3 a.m., 4 a.m., people, uh, people are calling you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And people, and, and we don't do that anymore. There, there is no such thing as a live overnight jock anymore. When did that stop? Um, oh, gosh, I want to say mid-90s. In those days, was KZOZ an independent station? No, it wasn't because um, part of the reason I would do, was doing KZOZ overnight was um, that it was a just acquired KJUG. And I was doing nights on KJUG, so I would do nights on KJUG and then walk down the hall and do overnights on KZOZ. See, those are, I never had any experiences like that. Yeah, it was crazy. So here I was going from something like Garth Brooks, Trisha Yearwood to Ozzy Osbourne. And so would you go cool. back and forth between the two? Oh, yeah. Well, the studios were 10 feet apart. It's kind of like we are now. 
So you'd you'd be on KZOZ, and you'd you'd come on and chat for a few minutes and spin some tunes. And then you'd go... Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. No, I was doing nights. So I was doing like the 3 to... I'm sorry, the 7 to uh, 11... Seven to yeah, I think it was seven to ten, seven to ten or seven to eleven on K Jug, and then I was doing uh, overnights for KZOC. Oh, so I, I walked down the hall, well, and how, so it was crazy. So I'd be, you know, well, one, how, how long were you here? Huh? How long were you here? I mean, if you're starting at seven, yeah, about ten hours, twelve hours. They let you do that in those mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I always wanted the experience, even if I just do it one time. I'd like the experience of being an overnight radio host. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun, actually. I always wanted to have that experience. Yeah, it was kind of funny. It was it was a lot of fun. So, like, going from Garth or Trisha on K-Jug or whatever, Diamond Reel was a big one at the time, too. Um, and then going down the hall and you know putting in something like Metallica and Ozzy Osbourne and Molly Crew and, and then... Um, that was the Z at night, so it was a, it was a more cutting edge rock, and then then we would go back to something like Kansas at like three o'clock in the morning. So well, we like a like a, put the skids on that one. <laughs> in the two thousand aughts, I was a big fan of KGO, and of course, in those days before I did sports betting, it was all news talk. Yeah, and so you'd have seven to ten; it'd be Gene Burns. From 10 to 1 a.m., it would be Bernie Ward. And then from 1, I believe, until 5 was Ray Taliaferro. I got a line open. <laughs> and if I couldn't sleep at night, I would just turn on the radio. It'd be 2, 2.30, and there would be Ray Taliaferro hosting a talk show. And darn if he didn't get calls. And I'm yeah. thinking, this guy is good. It's 3 a.m., mm-hmm. and there are people calling into his show to talk about whatever he was talking about. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. thought that'd be the coolest thing. And Tom Matson yeah. used to do, I think he did overnights in Salt Lake City because Marge would, Margie would come in with him yeah. and be his producer and, talked, and keep him company. Yeah, I just talked to Tom not too long ago. He's doing good. Uh, Tom is what, 92 now? I believe, yes. Right. He's amazing. Yeah, so, so it was it was a lot of fun and it was uh, very interesting. But Mark would always kind of wonder, well, why did the overnight guy like guy leave, leave so quickly? Is like because Mark, I got here <laughs> at six thirty the night before to do Kajuk. See, they would so never allow like, you to yeah. do that. They would <laughs> no. never allow you to do that now. No. Although I, it's funny when I listen because I listen to ninety three three sometimes when I'm tooling around, yeah. and I is like, wait a minute, is this live? Oh no, it's not live. Uh-huh. But it sounds it sounds live. Yeah, it's not. Uh, Kurt it's, Kurt does such a great job. Oh, Kurt does an amazing job. Yeah, Kurt, I've known for a very long time. Actually, I met Kurt when he was doing, um, I believe, Afternoon Drive on Coast, and that's been, gosh, I think that's when I first discovered him. Yeah, well, because we were over in the other building in their Clear Channel. Um, and then it was Coast, Sly 96, KVEC, and New Rock. And so I was doing, um, I was doing weekends on Coast, and I was doing some Mark and Brian shows on Sly 96. And then I was also doing News at Noon on KVEC for a while. 
You did news at noon? Yes, I did with Tom. And in fact, that was the... Oh, the earthquake. Yeah, the earthquake That's was right. a big thing. So that yeah. would have been, what, 2003, 2004? 2003, yeah. Yeah. Now, see, that also takes me back because, yes, you're absolutely right. When Claire Channel first took over, mm-hmm. they would have uh, Rush Limbaugh from 9 until noon, Cal Corps King in the morning from yeah. nine and, uh, from 6 until 9, then uh, Rush Limbaugh. Oh. But then we would have the noon news watch. And then, at least initially, we came back and had a 5 p.m. news watch. So we had 6 to 9, noon to 1, and 5 to 6. And then, obviously, we got rid of all that. Yeah, so. it's crazy. I mean, I started doing um, news at noon just on a, I, a, a, on a Friday. I got called into Jeff Williams' office. And I'm like, well, Jeff wasn't my boss, but okay, I got called into his office, and he said, "Say, um, I can't tell you what's going on, but I need I need you to know if you can start doing news for us on on uh, Monday." I'm like, okay. And then so we put together Tom and I uh, because they got rid of uh, our news director at the time, Mike Mesmer. Oh, good old yeah. Mike. Yeah. All right, Jim Rich is just joining me. I screwed up. When we come back, though, I've got some news to share from the DMV. And uh, we'll just keep talking. Bill Ostrander at 5.05. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio. On the Stolberg Tatum text line, a listener has sent me this press release and thought it was relevant to our 4 o'clock segment. We had uh, the representatives from uh, FEMA and SBA on the show talking about how they're responding to our recent flooding and heavy rain situation. Uh, So let me just underscore this, please. The San Luis Obispo Veterans Memorial Building has been transformed into a disaster recovery center and local assistance center. It's right there on Grand and Monterey, right across from the Monday Club. You can't miss it. Uh, this is our one-stop shop, so we want residents to come here and get all their questions answered so that they don't have to call multiple agencies. They can do it all here. This is Rachel Dion, who was on the show last week. She's the San Luis Obispo County Emergency Services Coordinator. Uh, FEMA, the Governor's Office of Emergency Services and the County of San Luis Obispo, have put this center together for storm survivors. So, for example, if you lost your driver's license during the storms, we have the DMV here to help you reapply for your driver's license. If you have questions about permitting for your home for doing storm repairs, we have planning and building here. We even have the assessor's office. Uh, we also have nonprofits here, including Red Cross and the United Way. Now, if you haven't registered with FEMA for assistance, when you go to the Vets Hall, you should bring the following documents. Uh, This is from Renee, who was just here. We need your Social Security information. We need to know the address of the property that was damaged, where you are currently residing, possibly your bank information if you want a direct deposit. If you have already filed, the center is a good option to follow up on claims. 
bring any documentation you might have, whether it's receipts, maybe your insurance company has let you know exactly what they're going to cover or not cover. If you've had any contractors come out to give you an update on how much it may cost to do your repairs, bring that information with you as well. And as George pointed out when he was here at 4 o'clock, the Small Business Administration is offering a wide range of services beyond the business sector. Small businesses can borrow up to $2 million, and that's usually for capital working, capital, and damages. Homeowners and renters can also have low-interest loans up to $40,000. And what that will take care of is furniture, cars, appliances. For homeowners, we have low-interest loans up to $200,000. If you own a farm, livestock, or vineyard, the USDA is on site at the Vets Hall to help you figure out what program fits your needs. Uh, This statement quotes Jody Lyon of the USDA. There's a worksheet they fill out. It's our starting point for any field debris removal that needs to be done, any access roads. And that question came up on Monday when the uh, gentleman from Caltrans was here. We had a, a caller from Creston wondering about access roads. Uh, any kind of damage due to the flood involving agriculture, this is the USDA. Information on health and well-being is also offered at this hub. Um, how long will it be around? It will be there as long as we have community members that need assistance. Uh, Ms. Dion says it will remain open. But here's the key date. March 16th. March 16th is the deadline to apply for FEMA federal assistance. March 16th is the deadline. Of course, the Veterans Memorial Building is right there on the corner of Monterey and Grand. As George explained, it's open seven days a week from 8 a.m. until 7 p.m. And you're thinking, well, geez, that's great, but I, I, I can't drive. I don't know how, I don't know how to get there. It looks like the County Office of Emergency Services will provide transportation. At 781-5678 is the number. 781-5678. If you need a lot, or need a ride to the vet center to get some kind of assistance. So we didn't mention the DMV during the 4 o'clock segment. I think that's very important. If you've lost your license or there's a problem with the registration for your vehicle, you don't have to go to the DMV. You can go to the vet center, and they'll take care of you there. It's one-stop shopping for basically any kind of issue you had related to the storms. Just go to the vet center, and please help us spread the word. If you're aware of anybody who was affected by the storm and needs assistance, get them to the Vets Hall in San Luis Obispo. That operation will be up and running as long as assistance is needed. While we're promoting things, let me also remind you that you can stay connected to this show, this station, 
if you sign up for the KVC Daily Update, which is also sponsored by Stolberg and Tatum. And by the way, they're going to be here. Uh, they'll probably be here in uh, February. They're very busy right now. But uh, they're going to come in because I've interviewed Mary Tatum by phone, but I've never met her. Anyway, you can go to our website at 920kvec.com. Sign up for the KVEC Daily Update. In return, we will shoot you an email every weekday morning. Jim, where are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> where are you going? Well, if you I was must gonna... know, I was going to step out into the boys' room. Well, okay, but... <laughs> That's okay. Five minutes? We have five minutes, right. All right. Well, I, I was just reminding people that they can sign up for the KVC Daily Update. Okay, awesome. And I heard that. And shoot the email. And what do we got? We've got weather. we got local news headlines. Got up there, yeah. And our schedule for the day. There you so go. So know in advance who's going to be on the show. There you go. At 920kvc.com. Even when the host gets it wrong. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, you know, every, about about once a year. Okay. I screw up with that. <laughs> but that's all right. Now, see, if you had gone down the hall, I couldn't turn to you now. Oh, well. I'd be okay, all alone. No, oh, you know, I can't do that, right? Hmm. I can't leave you alone. I can't leave you in the lurch. Is, isn't it another contract? Um, uh, I suppose so. One of the guests we're going to have uh, very soon, Larry's coming in. Larry Pewter. Oh, okay. Because Coco's is closing. Yeah. Can we be... break that news? I think we can mention that. Well. It's going to be in February. I work there, too. Coco's in Aurora Grande. Coco's Pismo. in five cities. Pismo. Is Beach. closing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sad, sad thing. And me and Z's. Yeah. Kathy and I tried to go to me and Z's for lunch today. Mm-hmm. And they're closed. They've got brown paper covering the windows. And they've got this big fancy menu. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be me and Z's anymore. I think it's a new operation. Uh, all sorts of seafood. Yeah, and you oysters. said you weren't too thrilled. Well, I can't afford that stuff. Mm. Oh, I, come I, on, you make the big bucks. Yeah, that's right. For for example, you ever go to the Oyster Loft in Pismo Beach? Uh, no, I have not. No, I I don't go because I, I can't afford that. <laughs> Who do you think I am, Karen Veely? Oh, my uh, gosh. Oh, she makes, oh, Veely makes so much money. She does? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She's uh, going to, she's, that's going to be the next article in uh, Calco's News. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Here, you can go do your thing. Um, thank you, sir. On the Stolberg Tatum text line, I have used the disaster center over the last two days. I have a two foot by two foot hole in my ceiling from rain, and my AAA has denied coverage. Really? AAA, FEMA, and California Department of Insurance have been very helpful, although I doubt they can reverse the insurance decision. But everyone was very helpful at the center. That's very kind of you to uh, text in and say that. I am sorry that you had the damage to your ceiling, and I'm sorry that AAA has had that reaction. I've been told that Allstate is also being uh, rather picky. Um, yeah. So as we wrap up this segment, the key phrase to remember uh, other than Dave is a screw up, is the the vet center, the vets hall on uh, Monterey and Grand is the place to go 
for any kind of assistance related to uh, flood damage. Just send people there, and they'll even provide rides if you need a ride to get there. Open seven days. All right, we are off to uh, ABC Radio News. We covered, we covered, even when, when I screw up. Craig and I, or Jim and I, we just we just roll with it. We roll. Uh, we got news and traffic, and Bill Ostrander will join us next, and then uh, we'll meet two young people who build a boat. I'm envious of them. All right, we're live, we're local. You're listening to The Dave Congleton Show. We'll be back. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.